0: Hi, welcome to Here to Then, hosted by Carolyn Takeda, former attorney, current small groups pastor, and life coach. Through monthly conversations with pastors, authors, and guests, we hope to stir your thoughts and encourage you to move from where you are to where you want to be, in your personal life, in your leadership, or in your ministry. Hi, and welcome to Group Talk. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Carolyn Takeda, your host and executive director of small groups at Calvary Community Church in Westlake Village, California. And today we're going to continue our conversation with Reed Smith on discipleship and small groups. Thank you, Reed, so much for hanging out for part two of our conversation.
1: Thanks for having me back, Carolyn.
0: For those of you who may have missed part one, I encourage you to go back and listen. I had some great um, comments around discipleship and what how we know when we're doing it in our groups and we know when we're not, and how do we go about making sure that we honor the Great Commandment and the Great Commission together. Um, and he just gave us some great language, yours as well as a bunch of different quotes. You are very well read. <laughs> And you remembered all these nuggets from different places, so you can benefit from from Reed's um, comments on that. Lots of wisdom there. Let me tell you a little bit about Reed. He has been equipping group leaders in disciple-making since 1996 for 20 years. He was part of the network in small groups uh, from the very beginning, serving as the area leader in the Northwest and then South Florida. Um, in 2008, he began serving in discipleship ministries at Christ Fellowship Church in Palm Beach, Florida, which currently has eight multi-sites and over 400 staff um and he the whole time this is a little bit unusual for you because i know some people in ministry move around here and there but you've been in discipleship and over small groups for your whole career in ministry is that right
1: I sure have, yeah. That was something that that God laid on my heart, Uh, fresh out of seminary uh, from Fuller. It was was something where I just knew I wanted to be involved in adult ministry, helping to empower God's people for mission. I felt like the best way of doing that was going to be through small groups. And so uh, I've always uh, been a part of helping people connect and grow together. In their walk with Jesus.
0: And you've done that not only in the churches you've served, but you've also done that um, with other pastors as a consultant, a trainer, as an author for smallgroups.com and Lifeways Ministry Grid. And you've mentored me, you've mentored a bunch of other people along the way, and you have such a passion for building biblical community and discipleship through groups, which is why you are the perfect person to ask about this. If you want to hear a fun story about Reed, you can listen to part one about how Reed and I met. But I'll say again, he is not only one of the sharpest small group pastors, I know, but he is definitely one of the nicest guys in small groups ministry and a, a spiritual big brother that I really respect. So thanks for doing this for part two.
1: Thanks, Carolyn. Um, Honored.
0: Oh, well, we'll pick up, um, we left, we left part one in a slightly kind of a down, kind of a low point, uh, cause we were talking <laughs> about, um, how, when we know what are indicators that groups are not discipling well. And, um, and you pointed out a few things that related to inward focus, lack of support and love for one another, um, a fixation on curriculum or depth or just basically, yeah. um, unhealth. And so mm-hmm. let's, um, turn the corner. Let me ask you this. You know when a group gets stuck or is, seems unhealthy and not balancing the different pieces that we need for a healthy people community, um, how much of that is do you think the responsibility or the fault for lack of a better word of the leader
1: uh, there's it's it's primarily going to come back to the leader but but I would always ask um, myself as the point leader for group life where I serve that do does am i am I ensuring that that leader is developing healthy relationships with other leaders here. So, depending on the size of your church and uh, the tiers of leadership that exist uh, within your leadership structure at the campus uh, or your church, it, it's. It, I think the the linchpin toward a, a group leader being. Healthy him or herself is going to be their own connectedness with other leaders. Who's making investments into their life? You know what kind of deposits are being made? How are they being led? You know, so I'm always going to quickly look back at myself. You know?
0: <laughs> so it's all your fault, really. It's all our fault, and basically, all of our listeners are small group point leaders. So, so you're just basically saying it's all our responsibility.
1: That's right. You know, I'm my biggest critic, so. But uh, but in all seriousness, you know I, I think um, it's it's critical if you have a large enough group life uh, where you serve or uh, that that you're experiencing community with with other leaders um, and uh, and if, if there's if there's deposits that are being made into your life uh, if you're being led well then there's going to be a correlation between that and how you're leading. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this is where I'll bring it back to, down more to a, a, the individual level and individual individual responsibility, uh, it does come down to, um, to the group leader and, and where they're at in their own relationship with Jesus. How, so I would always need to ask myself as a group leader, uh, and this, these are questions that apply to all of us, uh, leading groups that how am I cultivating my own relationship with the Lord? Um, you know, the one of the, uh, landmark Studies on healthy group leadership that have been, that's been done as uh, by uh, Jim Egley. Oh
0: my gosh, uh, I was just going to quote him, but you beat me to it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you could know, you could no doubt beat me to the punch too, Carolyn. in no, terms don't of work. What that what that um, uh, that practice is yeah. uh, that that we can do as leaders that makes all the difference in the world uh, toward our toward moving our group experience from more of an information one to a transformational one. And not surprisingly, that's when we're really tapping into the power of God through prayer. We're yes. praying, right? And so what does our own prayer life look like? How are we, you know, as uh, uh, shepherd leaders, mm-hmm. and we are sheep ourselves, uh, feeding off of God's word? How are we nurturing our own uh, spiritual life? And to the degree that, or the depth of at which we're kind of cultivating that ourselves that there's going to be a direct correlation between that and really what and what what happens within the group experience itself. Now, at the end of the day, uh, I think everybody is responsible for their own walk. Uh, because even a, a, a shepherd doesn't force feed sheep. A shepherd is <laughs> going to lead the sheep to green pastures, but the sheep are responsible to feed themselves. You know, but but a shepherd's still going to be there to protect you know, to guide and to do all of those things that a, she- that a shepherd is, is called to do. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, we're, all we're really doing as leaders is really creating those environments where biblical community can grow. It's like what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3, that, you know, Paul is watered, I planted, right. but God is the one who makes it grow. And, and so that's one of the things I like to remind group leaders of. At the end of the day, God is the one who makes it sure. grow, but if we create the environment uh for a biblical community to grow, then we're going to see the miraculous take place. Because as you look at Acts two, it's a great example of it. It's the example, right, the prime, right. and it's my favorite passage uh, where, when the church is being the church and all the fullness that God intended, and you have all these different aspects of of dynamic Acts two, you know, community that's taking place among God's people. Then what's the what's the result? Well, it's lost people coming home. To God, and not infrequently, mind you, uh, but every single day, and and I think we should expect nothing less uh, when when we're actively engaged um, as leaders in our own devotional life, but we also are uh, developing a rich group life uh, where we serve.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, when I read um, that study and that book is called Big Impact, I believe by Jim Egley, one yeah. of the things that hit me, I mean, it seems so obvious, right? Of course, prayer is the most centerpiece uh, thing uh, for the life of a, a leader. But the other piece that was interesting is, you know, sometimes I have this tendency because, you know, man looks on the outward and God looks on the inside where you, if you see a group leader, that's really dynamic, charismatic, um, yeah. knows the Bible well, and just seems like everyone wants to be in their group. They have high social skills. You think, Boom. There we are. They're going to be an incredible leader. They're going to have this amazing disciple making group. Not necessarily. Um, and then on the flip side, you might see a leader that may be socially a little awkward, maybe, okay. um, just not as shiny and perfect on the outside. And somehow his group seems to be evangelizing and growing. And, and it just used to baffle me a little bit because you know it's it's counterintuitive right but Jesus is so counterintuitive uh, but Jim's book when he did that study what really hit home though was i started asking leaders about their prayer lives not just about their prayer life with god but how much time and energy and heart do they spend um praying for their members
1: yeah the difference
0: yeah. was the the you know the leader who is not necessarily all that shiny on the outside um you know, he or she spent a lot of time with God, um, with those people, writing notes and sending texts and just really shepherding them to that green pasture. Um, yeah. Whereas the other one, it was fun group meeting times, but not necessarily much beyond that. Um, and so I just really saw the wisdom just even played out in that season that it, it makes such a big difference, um, not just your own prayer life, but how much do you pray for your members? Yeah. And in our case, I guess, you know, at our, at the level that our listeners are at, how much do we pray for, our small group leaders,
1: yeah, you know, yeah. and that's
0: kind of convicting
1: yeah, it is, it is, and it's a great reminder, and I think it's an empowering one though for for some of us too that maybe if we've ever doubted ourselves in, in serving in a leadership capacity within group life because um, it, it, at the end of the day uh, all of us can can cultivate the kind of spiritual life that you just described. It comes back to that word that came up a few times in our per, the first part of our talk, intentionality. Um, you know, but that should be refreshing though for for a lot of us because, I, like, for me, you know, I, I err a little bit more toward uh, being an introvert. You know, I, I need to have that alone time to recharge my batteries. But if I but if I don't balance that out uh, with having relationship and community with them, others, uh, that can be equally life sapping. Uh, sure. So it's the both and but but at the end of the day, uh, there, we oftentimes I think there is a there's a bias toward more of the extroverted, the social, right. you know, uh, people that easily can kind of speak off the cuff, and there's a charisma about them. And our minds automatically go to them as being probably the ideal candidates uh, for leading a group. But uh, but oftentimes, as we see throughout the scriptures, God, chooses the most unlikely, Yes, you know, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know and, and it goes back to the verse that, that you paraphrased there. I mean, God looks at the heart. Man looks at outward appearances, but God looks at the heart. He knows. So by virtue of listeners uh, that are tuning into this right now, there's the fact that you're doing that, you know, is showing intentionality on your part, which is to be applauded. And, and God honors that. And there is a natural magnetism that God has put within you that he's going to use to attract and draw people to a place where they're going to be able to grow closer to him that they may not ever otherwise been able to do, you know, unless you had stepped out and exercise, you know, exercise those things God that has, has called you to do. So it's, it's, um, uh, but that, that, uh, it is that, that, that backstage inward, you know, life, uh, that we have, how we, how we, how we, um, are we, Growing in our own, uh, exercising that soul care and growing in our own walk with Jesus, that will have a direct impact on everything else that we do in group leadership.
0: And that's absolutely true, and that's true at our level. It's true with the level of the leaders, and you know, with coaches, and it just kind of trickles down, I think, and because it is so much about modeling as as Christ did. So let's yeah. break this down to kind of more structurally. Now, how do you create a the culture of discipleship? You started talking about this in part one about needing the balance. Um, of the learning and the connecting and the serving together, um, how do you do that in a concrete way? Um, just so in your groups, read really, like do you mandate? Okay, you you everyone has to serve three times a year, and everyone has to have five barbecues for fellowship, or you know how do you how do you break this down?
1: Well, uh, there are a couple of things that that we do strongly encourage. You know, it's maybe just a little shy from you know from require.
0: Um, we don't requ- use the word require, yes.
1: <laughs> but we do set it up as an expectation um, and uh, is that, that we do expect that groups uh, once a semester or season uh, are going to reach out together. Um, we do set the expectation that group leaders are going to pray uh, uh, we do um, give them tools and, and communicate the expectation that they're going to use them uh, in their own group leadership and self-development. Uh, so, for example, and, and, and so whatever the expectation is that we set for a group leader, um, we try to provide the opportunities and the tools, the resources to help them execute on those expectations. Because that's fair, right? That's, if I'm going to yes. ask you as a group leader uh, to do X, Y, and Z, and then I do nothing to help you. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. That can be very disempowering, you know. But if I say, here are the expectations that we have for you as a group leader, here's why we have those expectations. That's and here are opportunities and resources that we're providing you with that will help you deliver on those expectations. And here's what you can confidently expect God will do as a result. So for example, practically speaking, what do we do? So here we, we uh, every fourth Saturday, we have a serve opportunity in the community where we're making a difference, you know, in the communities around us. So, um, so a, a couple, of months ago, we painted um, uh, we painted uh, the classrooms of an under-resourced public school mm-hmm. in the area. Uh, cleaned up the grounds. Uh, another uh, month, we ended up uh, gleaning uh, vegetables oh. from uh, from a, a local field and providing that to a food bank. Uh, there, there's a number of different experiences that we tee up. Uh, as church leadership for our groups so that all they have to do really then is show up together. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, it's a great opportunity for a group to grow deeper by doing things that they wouldn't otherwise normally do in their regularly scheduled gatherings together. Another thing that we do uh, when it comes to cultivating prayer life is we just put together a 30-day prayer guide for leaders, mm-hmm. gave them a scripture and gave them something to pray about every day of the month. And then once they finish and they step in the month two, what do they do? Well, they just start right back at the top again, you know, and they work through that resource. We've given them a spiritual health assessment, uh, 25 questions uh, that we just developed in-house that will help them to measure really essentially a lot of the things that, that you would see unpacked in uh, in the five purposes uh, and and to make sure that a group is uh, reaching out together, you know, that there is healthy care. Connectivity that's occurring within their group life, and that they're being intentional about developing all of the spiritual practices within their group. So, so those are those are just a few examples about how we practically uh, set expectation, equip and resource, and then really empower leaders to execute on that, so they can experience the joy of having wins uh, in their own leadership and as a group.
0: And do you find any resistance with um, people following through on those? I, I mean, because I really love that pathway you just laid out. So you tell them the why, you set up the expectation, and then I think this is the key piece, you make it as easy as possible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because everyone's busy, our leaders are busy, you make it as easy as possible. Do you find that leaders um, kind of follow along that pattern well? Or if there's going to be a glitch in that process, where where is there kind of this maybe sticking points for, for leaders and groups?
1: Yeah, well, it it all comes back down to, I think, that word intentionality, Um, you know, because there's, uh, you you can't, um, uh, at times you almost wish you could mandate things and everyone would just fall in line. So if you were King
0: Reed, you know, at the church and you say, do this.
1: If if everybody would just do as I said, (laughs) (laughs) you know. Everything would be amazing. We, we've
0: you all have, we've all thought this at some point in our house, if, in our ministries.
1: If you've been a leadership for any time, you know. It's uh, but but you you know you know some some are some are going to step out and um and and they're going to experience a win, and then the the next thing I would want to do at that point as a leader is to highlight that and celebrate that. With the other group leaders, which only reinforces the why. You know, I wish I could tell you that the vast majority of our groups, um, you know, use the thirty-day prayer guide. You know <laughs> that they 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 um, uh, implement. You know that spiritual health assessment every season, and they're deliberate. You know about reaching out as a group every semester, but it's the minority of groups yes. that do. And uh, and I think that be, that's just because of the human tendency uh, to do what we know and to do what's probably. More, more, uh, what feels comfortable, uh, to.
0: But I think the encouragement there, though, I would agree with you. We probably see similar, similar thing. Um, but the encouragement is that even if a group isn't doing it right away, the fact mm-hmm. that you're offering it, so I, um, that over time, culture starts to shift. Culture doesn't change quickly. So if you want to create a discipleship culture in your small groups, it's not going to happen instantly. Um, it's going to happen over a lot of years. And so, you know, for example, one of the things that um, we had done um, when – you know, a few years back, more than a few years back, was to start having sermon-based curriculum because we had uh, a new pastor and there was just some new vision and we wanted to everyone on the same page. But like yeah. you, I am not Queen Carolyn. I don't get to dictate these things. And so <laughs> I could only strongly recommend that they join us, that groups yeah. leaders leaders join us and do this uh, material together. So the first year we did it, uh, we had maybe 30%. Um, that did it. Um, and I was so discouraged. And then, you know, what was cool was um, the my boss at the time was like, 30%. That's great. Because we started out with none, So now we have 30. This is good. Um, and then the next year, it was it a little awful,
1: though, right? It does. about. Is- that hasn't. Yes, because this is the way
0: I'm wired, and we're wired similarly this way. I'm always (laughs) like the most critical of myself. So I'm going, oh, that just wasn't good. And, and, um, but then the next year we did it again. Those 30 really were blessed. Like you said, the wind then feeds the why again. Um, so then they were blessed, and they, then the little work got out a little bit more. The next year we had 40, the next year we have more. And so now, fast forward, you know, seven years or so of doing this. Um, we just did it this fall, and we have almost what 80 some percent now doing it. And yeah. it has taken very slow <laughs> process. But at yeah. the same time, I think that's the process of discipleship because it's not... A formula, And this is one, sure. you know, and for me, it wasn't even about that everyone has to do this curriculum. It was more yeah. about the value behind it was for a um, church as wide and big as ours and as scattered as ours. We needed a unified language. We need unified vision. Um, and we, so there was other values that were hooked to uh, the yeah. material. Um, and it, so it just ended up over time becoming something that's now embedded in the DNA of our culture. And now people ask me, when are we doing that? You know, and they, groups come out of the woodwork that don't want to be on the grid but will say can I get that I'm like no only if you're on the grid so now you have to report yourself to me (laughs) Um, so that's become a carrot as well um but it's just interesting how I think when we do like I love that resource idea um of Of offering you know serving opportunities, and initially only a handful of people might take you up on it. but over time, if you do it consistently, I think more and more people kind of dive in and those stories, as you said, get told and have a life of it their own so.
1: Yeah. It's a great reminder, Carolyn. And it's, it's so true. And, and admittedly we're more on the front end of, of implementing some of these strategies, Mm -hmm. you know, having that monthly serving rhythm that we tee up for groups and some of these tools that we've given group leaders probably about a year ago, you know, that, that, uh, that, that groups, uh, a lot of groups are now just beginning to grab onto and use. Um, And, uh, uh, And and it it does take time. Culture building takes time. But but once it does get traction, like you described, what I've seen that you've experienced is uh, is is that people then people who are in one way uh, or another, a part of your network, a part of your circle of influence will start to feel like uh, if they're not you know, yes. engaged uh, in in some of those 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 pieces, like the early adopters were, sure. that they're going to start feeling like they're missing out. Yes. You know. Then I'll you
0: think. know you've gotten culture shift.
1: That's right. Right. It's more of the crockpot versus <laughs> microwave, right? Yes.
0: Oh my gosh. So we had a guest. That, I just have to make this as an aside. We had a guest speaker, Brian Lortz. um, He's written some books, and he just used the crock pot analogy because he <laughs> said, "In God's kitchen, there are no microwaves, only crockpots."
1: Oh. Uh. And yep. he
0: was—it was a message on patience, but it really applies to discipleship and applies to relationship, applies to most meaningful things in life that yep. we want the quick instant, um, but really God's in the business of, of a long, the long game.
1: Oh, uh, it's so true, isn't it? And and I, and I think that's one of the that that's one of the 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 reasons behind why time is such a big. Um, uh, obstacle or enemy, uh, to, to groups here. Um, and when I say here, I'm thinking, you know, like, like just the busy culture sure. of North America and increasingly in, in cultures around the globe. But, um, but, but for us, it, it's, it relationships, you know, it, because that's at the heart of everything we're talking about with discipleship relationships take time. They take time and it takes patience and it's, it is messy. Uh, a business. Um, and so it, it takes all of those things which are in short supply for right. a lot of people uh, so that's why I think for again for any of any of our listeners here um, who may be feeling a little discouraged or like you're swimming upstream mm-hmm. uh, that's because uh, in many respects you are right. you know there's there's so much uh, that we do in cultivating healthy group life where we're at where God has planted us uh, where it can feel like an uh an, an uphill slog you know it can be really challenging but the encouraging word that that you just uh, uh, shared so well, Carolyn. Is is how uh, that the culture tipping? You know, uh, it, it that. That is, it's a gradual process, but it does take place and uh, over time. And one of the things that requires is uh, is it's the intentionality we've been talking about, but it's also focus. It's also staying the course mm-hmm. um, long enough with your group strategy. You know that where you don't get um, you don't get scattered. You know because if we stay the course with the strategy uh, that we that we feel like God gave us at some point in time, and we just faithfully execute on that over the months and over the years, then I think we'll get to experience that culture shifting taking place uh, among the leaders that uh, you know that that, uh, that are entrusted to our care. Uh, but but that's that's I think one of the other dangers or challenges that we face with group leadership is is we do want and we face, we experience this as leaders too. Whereas if we don't see immediate results, uh, we can be pretty quick to unplug you know from the plans that we architected the tools that we've designed and we jump on to the next thing uh and and we never stay with it long enough where we can start to see you know this uh that gradual growth and transformation take place uh, among our groups uh but yeah but back to the formula, though, <laughs> you know, sharing the why behind the expectation and then uh, teeing up some of the opportunities and providing the resources for them to deliver on it and then celebrating it. And and I would add one other thing I would add to it, uh, Carolyn, is that that. What is just asking yourself the question, how am I experiencing relationship with other leaders where God has me planted, you know, and and how is leadership helping me to do that? One of the things we do uh, at our campus here at Royal Palm is we have a monthly leadership huddle. You know, we get all the leaders together. We have a hot breakfast. Um, we, uh, I, I, give them a training on some topic related to feedback I've gotten from leaders of things that they would like to be equipped to handle better. Um, and then we have more of an open forum dialogue. These we,
0: are with your volunteer leaders or your coaches?
1: Uh, volunteer leaders, coaches are a part of that too. Okay. And, uh, and then we, we have a, a leader, sp- you know, like a, a leader Bible study where we're just oh. kind of working, we're working through more recently, we've been working through first and second Timothy, cause there's just a wealth of, of great, almost like you can imagine yes. like a, you know, a leader to leader dialogue taking place there, Paul, the Timothy sharing all this wisdom, you know, so there was so much we were able to pull from that. So we have all these different com- components built into a monthly huddle, But then, of course, the coaches uh, on a regular basis are connecting with their leaders in different ways to make sure that everyone feels like they're being heard, you know, and connected, and resourced.
0: That's interesting. So that kind of a peer leader to leader level, um, you use that as part of your training model. So you're actually modeling the relationships you're hoping that the leaders are building amongst the members in their groups. Um, so let me ask you this: so, Okay, say say I'm a small group coach, uh, pastor or coach, or I come to you because I have a bunch of groups that have been meeting for years, um, but they don't seem to be moving forward in discipleship, um, and they seem kind of stuck in the same place. Um, what advice would you give me as I manage these groups, hmm. other than get rid of them all and start over?
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Purge. <laughs> I, I think. Uh, well, it, it it really is, as you would, as you know well, you know, it really comes down um, to every group. Every group is unique. Every situation is unique, and so the first question I would be asking myself, if I were, you know, practically speaking, um, uh, dealing with something where a group was stagnant, uh, would be: I I would, I would want to make sure that the group leader was aware. (laughs) (laughs) Let's assume nothing here. You know, a
0: good point. Assume Um, nothing. I like that. Let's lead with questions.
1: Assume nothing and really, yeah, question asking. Uh, that, that's the art of great coaching, you know, and, and who, uh, where's the leader at? You know how are things going with the leader? I'm going to look at the leader first and and do a little bit of reality testing. You know what's their level of awareness? What's their uh, um, understanding of where things are at from the group? Because sometimes I'll hear, I'll, I'll I won't hear from the leader first. I'll hear from the member yes. of that group. You know, and uh, and if it's not me directly, it's the coach that's working with them. So uh, so it's it's whoever that first point of contact and accountability is for that leader. And again, you know, just leading with questions. And, and and finding out what's their awareness level, what's their take on things, and then what's the ch- and, and and then can are you then able to draw out the solution from them? Have they identified? Uh, more of a solution-oriented way of handling that particular challenge, you know, that, that they think is behind why their group is stagnant. Uh, and then it comes down to, I think, just praying for them and encouraging them and practically resourcing them uh, to overcome that challenge. And maybe it's even plant, you know, it's, it's even being uh, in that group experience with them. It could just be a, it could be a coaching visit, uh, or maybe it's you just kind of turn the dial up in terms of the Number of touch points that you have with that particular leader. Uh, sometimes they, you know, they might see the, the the issue. Other times they may they may may not be able to accurately diagnose it. There are times that I've talked with group leaders and they feel like things are kind of dry with their group. And and uh, and I think once once you know once we got the group together and and tried to get an assessment as to well, why are we feeling this way? It's mm-hmm. kind of an enigma to all of us. Then the uh, you know lo and behold the group kind of comes to consensus realizes that it's because we're just trying to finish the curriculum we started.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's so sad, but so true.
1: Throw the curriculum out, you know, and move on to the next thing. You know, sometimes we're our own worst enemy, you know, when it comes to some of these things. So, So there's always a teaching opportunity. I think behind every uh, apparently stagnant group situation, but I think oftentimes the 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 solution, the answer, you know, for a group is they need to get outside of themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to get outside of themselves. They need to get out of the rut. They need to not be as self-centered, self-focused as a group and be open to how the Holy Spirit wants to move in and through their group. And oftentimes, not surprisingly, that's going to be stretching them outside of what they're accustomed to doing. Uh, So it's serving, it's outreach that is oftentimes a solution to that. Those
0: are some really great tips. And I love that it starts off really with the the question, kind of investigating it. um, And we do use group visits as well. And they're really helpful to kind of diagnose an issue. Um, And then the coming alongside if they need extra care, sometimes they need that extra encouragement or care. Um, So I think it's amazing to see how God does transform a leader sometimes with that sort of encouragement. I think it's one thing to set up the culture the way we want it and say, this is the culture of discipleship. Here's what it looks like. Like here's the vision statement, and here's you know all the pieces, but to actually yeah. see it implemented, really again goes back to uh, relationships. Um, yeah. Well, we're we're out of time, but I wanted to give you just a minute t- to say I know it's gone by quick. Um, if there's anything, read the final thoughts you'd like to share with um, our listeners.
1: Well, I I, I think uh, one thought that came to my mind earlier in our conversation, Carolyn, is is just you know when it just your own view of yourself as a group leader, you know, and and uh, whether you're an introvert, whether you're an extrovert, you know, whether you're, you're new at this or been doing it for a long time, that um, you know, just believing, trusting that God is going to he's going to he's going to bring and plant the people he wants to be with you at any given time and i think as we are loving the lord and we're loving on the people that he's that he's entrusted us, uh, to look after and to care for, uh, for any given time, then people aren't going to want to trade you in for any other leader in the world. So, so yeah, you don't need to to have all the answers, uh, have this all figured out. You're never going to be able to perfectly balance all these different aspects of biblical community that we've been talking about in this two-part interview. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it really is quite simple, you know, and that's what I love about Jesus. You know, he, um, uh, he did the most um, uh, costly uh, thing that could be done to make access to our Heavenly Father uh, the the simplest um, for us. And so when it comes to the communication of the gospel, and similarly, when it comes to the great group leadership, at the end of the day, it really is quite simple. And, uh, and that's just loving God, loving people, and then they're not going to want to trade you in for anyone else. So <laughs> and 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 by virtue of doing that you're going to be amazing at being able to create the conditions that are favorable for people to be able to grow uh in all the ways that God intended them to and that is a beautiful picture of discipleship
0: it's also a lot of fun when that's happening um yeah. so thank you so much reed for um for all the wisdom and uh, insights that you've given us today. I hope it was helpful to you, our listeners. Um, God bless you and your ministry down in Florida and your family as well.
1: Thank you so much, Carolyn. Honored to be with you.
0: Um, well, you can connect with Reed and ask him questions on the Facebook Small Group Network page. Um, feel free to push back on anything you say if you don't agree, or maybe you can throw in some other quotes from other people that we haven't covered. Um, so en- enjoy connecting with Reed on Facebook as well as LinkedIn at Reid Smith. And thank you for listening to Group Talk. Um, we have huddles in the Area geographic areas all over. So go on the Small Group Network website and find a huddle closest to you. And Reed is part of the huddle in South Florida. So if you are down in, in that those parts, um, you can connect with him one-on-one and more personally as well. So thank you for listening to Group Talk. If you like what you hear, please leave us a positive rating on iTunes, which helps other small group ministry leaders find us. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Here to There, part of the Group Talk Network podcast. If you like what you've heard, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. If you want to learn more, make sure you check out smallgroupnetwork.com for more resources.